meaningful topics and issues from the lens of two Khmerican sisters and other diverse community leaders. Today's topic is what being Khmerican, Cambodian American means to us. Welcome back to our podcast. This is your two Khmerican sisters, Jasmine and Melissa. What a year it's been for all of us. And we created this Two Khmerican Sisters project through this pandemic. And we're excited to capture this final episode for our first season. Thank you all for believing in us and supporting our mission. Wow, I cannot believe it's the end of the year already. And it's been such an enriching, inspiring, and also wholesome experience. And we put in so much time and energy and passion toward creating this project. And Jasmine, I'm so proud of how far we've come in such a short amount of time and all of our accomplishments. It's been such an amazing journey and we've learned so much along the way. And I am so excited for season two. It's going to be so much better. But I think it was pretty good for a first season. I think so too. Yeah. But we did strategize and plan out our topics for next year and I'm really excited to share them with our community. And to wrap up this first season, we felt it was fitting to circle back to what it means to be Cambodian American or Khmerican. <laughs> this was a question we asked all of our guests at the end of their interviews, which is, what does your identity or identities mean to you? This was a question that we actually didn't get a chance to answer yet. Yeah, and I think it's such a beautiful way to end the season. And Me I too. think we should just dive right in. All right. Sounds good. So the first question is, at this point in our lives, what does being Khmerican mean to us? So we've kind of sprinkled our answers here and there on our Instagram and through our podcast. And I just keep going back to how being Khmerican means balancing my Khmer and American identities. So growing up, I wish I spoke Cambodian more when I was a child because language is such an important asset. And like many Khmericans, um, I can understand the spoken language, but I have trouble responding back fast enough with the right accent, vocabulary, and grammar. And being the youngest child, Matt and Bat didn't force me to speak Khmer like she, like they did with you and Jessica. Um, yeah, I think they yeah. they tried to force us to, but then we were really stubborn. Because I remembered we had dinner. I think you were just a baby. Yeah, Jessica and I, we had dinner with Matt and Bat, and they were like, you cannot speak English at all. Mm. or else you can't eat dinner or something <laughs> and then we were like almost in tears <laughs> so we didn't yeah. say a word so yeah. I think I don't know why it's just so hard to speak it yeah so with that shame that also makes you not want to speak it as well so then at the end you just didn't say anything and I see as a teacher I see my families who do speak their home language with their children their children can speak and growing up, I saw my family speak Vietnamese to their parents. And I just always felt this shame, like, oh, like, I don't know how to do that. And I wish I could do that. And whenever I did try, I would be like, the elders wouldn't understand what I was saying. And then I would feel scared to do it. So like growing up, I just had a really um, hard relationship with the language. And I feel like that pushed me away from the culture too, because I didn't speak Khmer. So I didn't feel Khmer enough. Um, but now, at this time, I'm starting to accept that it's okay. Um, if I continue to try to speak and try to find ways to learn, it's the effort that counts. And I do want to keep our language and culture alive. So having this platform is actually a huge motivator for me to keep in touch with my roots. And I've also learned about 
different people on social media that are trying to spread Khmer language. So I hope through the next years I can become fluent. You know, that would be the dream. Um, and yeah, I feel like adults can learn different languages. So I don't think it's too late, but I think for a long time, I just felt really ashamed about mm -hmm. not being Khmer enough because I didn't speak Khmer. I hope that we can have a sister's trip and we can go to Sor Khmer. And when you come back, I'm pretty sure you're going to know more Khmer than before. Yeah, that'd be great. Whenever yeah. we can travel again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So being Khmer means appreciating where I came from and what my family went through to get to where we're at today. To me, it means learning about my history and cultural background, but also embracing who I am authentically. And I always say this, I'm gone a gang, but I look Khmer. I'm also gone Khmer. I'm very Americanized and now I'm not ashamed of that. And if people have a problem with it, you know, they're just gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> you can't let someone else dictate who you should be. It is what it is and I'm proud to be Khmerican. But I also love exploring other cultures and incorporating the best of each culture into my identity and lifestyle. And when I say that, it's because this 2020, my partner and I, we were really into Japanese and Korean culture. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, this year, like we really immersed ourselves in the Korean culture, the Japanese culture, because we watch films, we listen to music, and we, you know, eat ethnic food. Yeah. And so... I think that identity is so fluid depending on like the different life stages we're in and the experiences that we're exposed to. I'm glad we were able to finally answer that question after 25 episodes. And that's just a little bit about, you know, what it means to us. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the language more and you talked about like appreciating our history and our family. So reflecting on our interviews, what have been the common themes that we've learned from our Khmer slash Khmerican communities? So I think the common themes that I personally learned, well, the first one is that there are so many Khmer people who were born in the refugee camps. Before yeah. we started this podcast, I had no idea. Like I only knew of our uncle, Bumai. And when I think about it, it does make sense because even our own family had spent nearly a decade living in a refugee camp. So it did become a part of their life and a way of living. And another pattern that I recognize is that most of us Khmer people grew up poor. Mm -hmm. And some of us were able to overcome those struggles, but others unfortunately fell into the systemic issues. And I feel heartbroken to hear about how deportation issues have worsened and are still separating families. Because I knew about the, the issues before, like back in 2010, and now we're in 2020 and I can't believe 10 years mm -hmm. later, this is still pulling families apart. And like, I want to do more to help and I don't know how, but I think one thing that we can do, especially with our platform is to first educate ourselves about what's going on. And then secondly, we can um, hopefully build more allies to support this stigmatized community. Um, I, and I also didn't realize how common um, mental health issues are within our Khmer community. And I think we spent a good chunk of our first season talking about it. And for the next steps, I want to talk more about how we can continue on this healing journey as a community. And what's great about this platform too, is that we can raise awareness on issues and causes. And I'm excited to see how things will go after the pandemic is 
you know, settling Mm -hmm. because I would love for us to get involved in events and getting to meet people instead of just through Zoom. Right. Um, Yeah, but I have a lot of high hopes that we'll be able to make a bigger difference. So from our interviews, some of the other common themes that I noticed were the appreciation that we have for our families and the opportunities that they have paid for us. So it's been amazing to see the similarities and differences that we have from one another. So our Khmer and Khmerican interviewees shared commonly about how they have come to love themselves more. So looking through the episodes that we've had, we've talked about how some of our community members have come out to their families and embraced who they truly are. And in those stories, it's been really heartwarming to hear that their families have um, just loved them. You know, they didn't make them feel bad, but they embraced them and helped them feel confident in themselves. And I think that goes with how our families have overcome so much. So they just want us to be happy. And that seemed to be a common thing that came up out of our conversations. Our parents, our families, in the end of the day, just want us to be happy. A lot of our interviewees also are pursuing their passions in music, academia, law, social media, corporate, coaching, um, and even creating social media platforms or mm-hmm. businesses centered around celebrating our Khmer culture, whether that's food, news, modeling, like all different topics. So I've had a lot of fun just learning about everyone's journeys and how they've come to give back through their Mm -hmm. work and through their personal lives. So we talked about how our families have sacrificed so much in order for us to live out our dreams. And we also talked about how little our own problems are in comparison to what our families had to go through. Literally life and death and surviving in a country without speaking English, with no wealth, um, just starting from the bottom. So I'm really proud of our community and so proud to know all of the interviewees that we've met. And I'm excited to showcase even more people from our community and to spread the word about how there's no one way to be a right Khmerican, you know? Like Mm -hmm. we're all doing different paths. We're all kind of spreading out um, and making our impact in the world. So it's been really amazing to meet all of these different people that we wouldn't have met otherwise. I know that we focused on our Khmer community, but I also want to say that I appreciate our non-Khmer speakers too. We had such diverse speakers on our podcast, ranging from Vietnamese, Taiwanese, um, Indonesian, African, and Black, and so many others, right? And that was one feedback that we received was that listeners were really appreciative of all the diverse topics and speakers that we were able to get. So I think we should do more of that in season two. So what are the meaningful takeaways and lessons from the first season? So I think a learning curve was figuring out what topics and issues to talk about. And most of our following on Instagram is Khmer and Khmerican people. And one of our main goals was to raise awareness on our histories and our stories because we're often underrepresented when you think of the category of Asians. So no matter what your background is, again, we hope that our episodes resonate with you. Um, I think during the past months, we were trying to figure out what topics should we talk about, what issues can relate and appeal to everyone. And I think we just kind of settle down to 
just talking about topics, topics and issues that we find interesting. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. So mm -hmm. I think we've been taking a lot of risks and seeing like how it goes. So I think we're being more confident with what we put out there and not being too worried about, are we saying the right things? Are we talking about the most relevant things? We're just talking about anything and everything that interests us. And we hope that it resonates with our supporters. Another takeaway is just confidence. So as an introvert and as a level when I grew up, I was very shy. I, I just prefer in general to have deep conversations with people. But podcasting is another level because you're being recorded. We're meeting new people. We don't know what to expect. So I think it's definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone and to develop my speaking skills. So um, I think at the beginning, it felt weird to talk about my ideas and experiences because I didn't know if it would help anybody. But now seeing all of the positive responses and people saying how we're, rep we're representing the Khmer community um, is very heartwarming. And it makes me feel like we are making a difference, even mm. though we're just sitting here talking, like yeah. people are relating to us and they're kind of thinking through us. Like while they're listening, they're agreeing with what we're saying and it impacts them. So another thing that I've been working on through the podcast is slowing down, asking more thoughtful questions, knowing when to step in and step out. I think at the beginning it was hard with interviewing guests mm -hmm. because we were trying to push ourselves in a lot because we know we knew that we wouldn't be represented that much in the episode if we mm -hmm. don't say anything but I also don't want to say a pointless thing you know right so I think we've been learning to kind of step back a little bit and letting the guests shine more interviewing is a skill and we both are better interviewers now because um, of this podcast having that experience interviewing like 10 plus speakers. Yeah. And at the beginning, I would get so nervous before each guest and they would tell us they were nervous. But <laughs> I think it's been nice to just put ourselves out there and meet new people. And at the end of the time together, it's always a good time in a conversation. It's been a really great journey and I'm still growing. Yeah. And I want to just share a little behind the scenes. When we meet our guest speakers, it's our first time meeting them. <laughs> So when you hear these episodes, it's our first time conversating Most with them. Most of them. Most of them. Only a handful of people, I think we knew them before, yeah. right? I think that's really bold of us to do, you know, <laughs> and to try to figure out the dy dynamic during the interviews. And I think that we've done a really good job of relating to people, making them feel comfortable. So nice job. I, <laughs> um, I think in general, podcasting is a huge learning curve. There's a lot of research that you need to do ahead of time, like figuring out the mm -hmm. software to use uh, for editing, you know, which site to host all your episodes. Through this experience, now we've been able to gain more like technical skills, which is awesome. And it does take up a lot of time and energy, but the results make the work much more meaningful. I also learned that topics that are not usually talked about were the most popular. Yeah. I also learned that people love to share their story. And in the beginning, you know, it was a bit overwhelming, but I think in a way it's a good thing because it shows that there is a need for more voices to be heard. And I'm glad that we can provide a platform for that. Um, we've learned some lessons along the way and adjusted and made, made changes. I like that the fact that we were more free flowing 
with our first season just to figure out like how to structure our podcast and yeah. you know what content to focus on and I think that's perfectly normal is you know figuring things out along the way you can't have everything figured out in the beginning so yeah. uh, I wouldn't change anything you know about the podcast <laughs> thank you for editing all the episodes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and like another tidbit behind the scenes it takes like six hours of our time whenever we create a, an episode because if you think about it you know we're doing research on our our guest speaker if we're inviting a guest speaker we're creating coming up script. with yeah we're creating the script we're coming up with meaningful questions because we don't want to ask the same questions for each person because they've all had a unique background and story right that's also learning too we toned down on our questions remember at the beginning mm. we just had so much mm-hmm. but we realized the less the better because um naturally guests bring up other things in their lives right yeah or sometimes questions come up that we want to ask that we didn't really capture right. so yeah I think that's one lesson that we've learned is just to come up with like a couple of questions to ask and then just let the conversation happen naturally that works best well recording sending invitations to the guests Mm -hmm. recording our time together we debrief about it Mm -hmm. melissa edits it listens to it over and over again yeah i probably listen to each episode three or four times before it, it gets published yeah and then we also send it to our guest speaker Yeah, so there's a lot of time and effort involved, and that's not even including when we have to create and design the post to promote (laughs) it on our Instagram, come up with the caption, the description. (laughs) Whenever we upload that, it's such an amazing accomplishment, you know? I know, and then to get the likes and the loves and the comments, feedback from the community, yeah, that's like the best feeling. That's like the most rewarding part and also with the interviewees when they feel proud of the episode yeah and they just be they feel proud to be showcased yeah and i think that it's been such an incredible experience seeing our community interact with each other through our instagram and connecting with one another sharing their own story and perspective so it's really opening up the conversation about a certain topic and i think that the first episode that we kicked off the war and genocide stories with our ma and yay that's the all-time favorite episode of of the first season that's a special one and we're always getting reviews and comments about that um two surprising episodes that i didn't realize would be so popular are the transgenerational trauma and mental health with amira and then the one about PTSD relating to sleep paralysis and paranormal activities with Arma and Leisha. These two episodes encourage a lot of dialogue within our people of color community. And it goes to show, you know, when you talk about topics that resonate well with others, it creates meaningful conversations. Yeah, I was also surprised to see that our first episode got so much love and support because we were just doing it out of our own wishes to understand the full story of what our mom's side went through during the time of the Khmer Rouge. So it kicked off our project right away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and a lot of coworkers that aren't Khmer, all of these different people were listening to the episode and learning about our history, our common history, which was really great. They sent a lot of feedback about how they didn't know this before, how they how they find strength in what our family went through. For example, Matt was very lighthearted about things when it was so serious. So people were really, really interested to learn more about her. 
and to realize what she's been through. So people have really loved hearing Kamai spoken episodes. And in our Kamai episodes, we've been translating as well with the knowledge that we know and with our Matt's help too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I think it's because um, some people have lost their parents grandparents, uncles, aunts. And so when they hear our family members speak, it feels it like brings, home. Yeah, it feels like home. Like it brings them back to those memories and yeah. it gives them something to relate to that you don't often see in the podcasting world. Right. And people are really interested in our family stories too. And I think that has actually motivated other people to ask their families about their history. And I remember a comment, I don't remember who it was from, but they said, these are questions that I've never asked my family before because they've always been closed off about what happened in the past. And our episode, you know, whoever they are in the world, they were inspired just by listening to our family. And that's amazing to know that we impacted one person out there to mm-hmm. try to make that conversation, to open that I also up. got like another feedback saying, I just listened to the first episode and now I'm going to listen to it with my family, my whole family. Wow. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. And uh, we just put in so much time and effort into making that one with the yeah. whole translation, but <laughs> it's so worth it. And I would do it again, you know? And so we're going to see if we can interview more of our family members for the second season. Through our podcast, we've been getting a lot of mixed like responses about what they like best. So I remember Melissa and I put a poll on Instagram to see whether people liked more episodes with guest speakers or more episodes with Melissa and I talking. And we got a half and half vote. <laughs> and that was like 50, 50. that was like around the end of the summer when we were trying to think about what else we should cover. We're just going to keep continuing continuing to balance these kind of episodes, doing a mixture of fun and serious. I think, it, I think people have been really enjoying the diversity of episodes mm-hmm. that we've done. All right. How has starting a podcast together affected our relationship as sisters? So we've gotten a lot closer than we were before. I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did have conversations, like at the end of the day or during the day, we would talk to each other. But this podcast has been forcing us to talk about specific topics and issues. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of learning about each other's past, um, <laughs> thoughts and feelings. So this project came out of our mission of wanting to give back and share our voices. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure our supporters know the story about, you know, how this mm-hmm. podcast came about. But I think we definitely came in so strong together. Um, we fill in each other's roles that we need. So we have Instagram, our blog, our podcast. We have emails to respond to, messages to respond to. And we kind of just help each other where it's needed. Um, no one has just one role. We try to help each other. I mean, you do most of the podcasting, but other than that, we try to like balance it out. You know? We're a two-woman show. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we wear multiple hats. Yeah, we wear multiple hats. <laughs> but we don't make each other feel bad for not being able to do something. You know, we kind of just do it. Mm-hmm. Because we need to do it. We've so, had a couple of fights yeah. and arguments, but <laughs> yeah. it was trivial. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly it mostly comes from other stress in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't expect this to go as successful as it did mm-hmm. so soon. So That's I think true. that was also a shock to try to figure out how we can balance all of this. So we've been learning how to communicate better when we are stressed and to figure out how we can move forward. Because at the end of the day, we love each other and care about each other. And we want the best for this project that we're doing. So mm-hmm. 
So I think we get through fights quickly as long as we talk about it and take a break sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> take a but, break from each other. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, we have the same missions and we trust in each other. So whenever you have to email someone or do a blog post, I don't ask you like what you're going to do. Like we kind of just trust each other to produce good work, you know? Right. And we are both professional. We've gotten some compliments about how we are professional when we respond to emails or messages. And I think overall our look on our platform looks professional. So I think it's been amazing to kind of work together. It's definitely new. Like we've never done something like this before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're our brand, Melissa. <laughs> I know, right? And I truly believe it deepened our sister bond and it continues to do so. Yeah. And we've learned so much more about each other, like how we work, what our limitations are, our likes and dislikes. I think that we'll make great business partners in the future if we continue to grow at this rate. And, you know, we have some differences. I just yeah. I want people to know, like, it's not all smooth sailing. Yeah. <laughs> for example, like We're our style. We're not always happy sisters. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, our style of writing is different. I don't know if anyone notices. Only, like, my best friend noticed. <laughs> Um, she said that she knows whenever you respond and whenever I respond. Oh, she knows. that's funny. I know, super funny. <laughs> and then like our time commitment is different. Like I tend to have a more time than Jasmine. But I think that we're both learning to navigate around yeah. these challenges and how to meet in the middle. And we, you know, when we have new ideas, I think we brainstorm very well together. And we both like <laughs> pump each other up. So oh, we get inspired. We do. We just get on a roll. I know. And then we just like build each other up and then like, the idea forms into like different levels and it finally reality. becomes reality. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. You know, when I'm committed to something, I give it my all. And yeah, I think they're working together. We also balance each other out because I'm trying to have more of a balance in my life. And I think doing this project together um, gives you another thing to be passionate about and also our relationship together. Um, I hope that, you know, me balancing my life will inspire you to do it too, because you, <laughs> your health is important too. Right. You know? Right. All right. What can our listeners look forward to in season two? Will things stay the same or be different? Well, things will be the same for the most part, but I know that it will be so much better because we're always working on improving ourselves and, and we have so much more in store for you guys. We're so excited. And we hope to continue inspiring you with our personal stories, as well as the experiences and backgrounds of our guest speakers. And we already have 2021 booked with things that we want to share. Oh my goodness, yes. Things that we want to (laughs) do. So I hope that 2021 will be a much better year for all of us. And wow, what a great thing to come out of this year is our passion project together. Mm -hmm. And through this work, we're giving back to our communities, which is such a great feeling. Yeah. So thank you so much to all of our loyal listeners We, again, didn't expect this much positivity so soon. Literally, when we posted the picture of our platform on Instagram, we immediately got a lot of followers and it just (laughs) pressured us to, you know, make the Keep producing content. Yeah, to keep producing content and to connect with all of you. We want to thank all of the guest speakers that came on our podcast. They are people that normally don't shine. We are so excited to be that platform that raises 
people up who may not be known well in the world, you know? So Mm -hmm. we hope that their stories and experiences inspire you to live your best life and feel free to contact them with any questions or concerns. We definitely want to create a community of people that can support each other because we're all in this together. All right, listeners, that's a wrap. What an incredible first season this was. A whopping 26 episodes, including this one. That's so much. (laughs) We did so much. Please look forward to the next season. If you want to support us, be sure to share our podcast with your family and friends. Um, Thank you so much for getting the word out. We're active every day on Instagram if you want a chance to interact with us in our community of listeners. And with that, have a happy and safe new year. It's time to close the chapter of 2020 and begin anew. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.